Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode two of our Legends of League podcast. My name is Anthony Maroon. Everybody just calls me Maroon. We're doing it at the world-famous Four Pines Brewery in Manly. And thanks to Four Pines is why we do it every week. So Legends of League podcast. This week, we've got another couple of very special guests to join us. They are both NRL legends of the 90s, late 90s into the 2000s. And for the first time, we go to Zoom as well, as everybody's doing in in the COVID age. Firstly, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome Wendell Saylor, just over 200 games for the uh, Broncos, just over 30 for the Dragons. Hello, Del. How you going, mate? Good to see you. Yeah, old mate of mine from the Triple M Network. Yeah. And uh, a bloke we don't see enough of. He's a legend of a number of clubs like uh, Del. Um, 300 games plus in the NRL as halfback. has gone on to have a great career as a coach as well. The great Brett Noddy Kamali. Afternoon, gentlemen. Morning, gentlemen. What are we at? Where are we at at the moment? Do you know where you're at? Like where morning, we at? afternoon. Oh, mate, this is COVID-19. Yeah. You know, where, yeah. you, don't you lose time, you lose days, lose track? You do. Well, mine's name is Brett Kamali, and they call me Noddy. Yeah. Maroon. Why do they call you Noddy? Yeah. Biggie is best friend. Mm. Oh. Little cartoon character. Yeah, oh, yes, yeah. Yes. Little cartoon's character. So. The little man with the red and yellow car. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Actually, can I ask, how many clubs did you end up playing for? Six. Mm. Gee, that's a lot of clubs. Six. That's yeah. Mate, yeah. Yeah. Couple, couple went under. Yeah. Um, was that your fault? Nah. <laughs> uh, no. Northern Eagles. Uh, they they did criticise me uh, um, for it going under, but unfortunately, no. Uh, mm. Hunter Mariners. You know that. Yeah, team of course. That we, unfortunately, think... we're the second best team in the world because you beat us in that World Club Challenge oh, no, in 1997. But you actually beat us one night at Newcastle. Yeah, we we used to water the track. And yeah, everything. you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't good for us. <laughs> And as I said, guys, we're going to get a, a guest on yeah. via Zoom, uh, and and he is part of that late '90s era. Yeah. One of the the more successful clubs that you did have, not he was your stint at the Melbourne Storm. And we are talking about a very underrated player, a bloke. We we hear a lot of his brother, but we don't hear a lot of a bloke we call Buff. Matty Guy joins us via Zoom. How are you, Matt? Fantastic, fellas. Good to be here. Uh, I didn't realise it was only the second show, so I don't think I am underrated, Maroon. On your second show, here. I'm. I'm up there with the yeah. Cliffy Lions and the Steve Menzies. That's a, that's a really good company for me. You are royalty. That's how Matty yeah. plays. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. he obviously was one of the great clubmen at the Melbourne Storm. I, I rate the Melbourne Storm as the best club I played football mm. for. Uh, and obviously it had the, the creation of a whole new franchise, which was what appealed to Chris Anderson. We had John Rebo, uh, Chris yeah. Johnson, Glenn Lazarus yeah. who come down from the Broncos. So you had the, the Broncos era sort of brought to Melbourne and you had the, the Canterbury Family Club brought to Melbourne through Chris Anderson, and then half the guys come from the, the Western Reds, the Perth Reds, and obviously a few of us come from the Hunter Mariners and all merged just in there in Melbourne. And 25 players, about 10 staff members, so football clubs weren't as big as what they are now. Yeah, but for sure. It was such a great club, but all become best mates. And yeah. The, the incredible thing, Noddy, and, and we've spoke about this at, at club functions and whatnot, and Matty, I'll throw this over to you. The, the most incredible thing about the Melbourne Storm, you see players, you see clubs wait 30 seasons, 50 seasons. Some players never win a competition. Two seasons in the NRL, Matt Guy and the Bronco, and the uh, Storm win the Premiership. Yeah, I, I certainly wasn't there to win a Premiership. I was there to just try and play a few games and, like Noddy said, have a bit of bit of fun with a few blokes who became really good mates. And the first time I, I can track back to when we started thinking winning in premierships was uh, in, a, in a meeting there once we had downstairs under the old greyhound stand. And um, a lot of the boys, and, and me included, were talking about you know season goals and where what do we really want to do with this. And and mine was pretty cliched, you know, like I just want to make sure I can keep me spotting in the in the NRL team because I'd been playing a bit of Q Cup and. You know, and, and make the finals and all things like that. And, and the fellow who uh, 
has the ultimate respect of anyone in Melbourne and probably in the game as well. Uh, Paul Marquette, real hard-nosed fella. And yeah. um, in the twilight of his career when he's in Melbourne, whenever we did a bit of fitness, he'd come in and just smash himself a bit more on the rower or something like that. Very rarely spoke. And Pepe got up and just basically just threw a few F-bombs at us and said, I'm sick of this, all this dancing around. I want to win a comp. And it really shook the foundations a little bit and said, well, hang on. We finished third in our first year. We're, we're right up there now again. Why don't we stop pussy footing around and actually – And that, I always relate that point to the – I think it changed our psyche and said, well, hang on, we are good enough. Let's, uh, let's give it a crack. Yeah, and a little bit for Paul Marquette, obviously, because he was a, he he joined us at the Hunter Mariners in 1997. He it was an inaugural night in 1988. Come through the whole you know, under 21s reserve grade first grade system, and the Knights, you know, go on in 1997 to win the ARL Premiership. So he's seen a team that he'd played for 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 nine years. Mm. The year he leaves, they go on and win a comp. Yeah, so he comes to Melbourne as a is a chance to just keep his career going, but. Then all of a sudden, as as Pepe probably would have saw, some good players also arrived. We had we had Glenn Lazarus and Tawari Nickow. They were yeah. our leaders. Like yep. they were senior players and leaders. And and as Maddie said, like I think I'd played uh, about eight games of first grade before I arrived in Melbourne. Scotty Hill, Robbie Ross, yeah, uh, um, Marcus Bay. People didn't I was really know say, Tony Martin. Yeah, um, it, you know some of our forwards probably were a bit more experienced. We had you know Paul Marquette, no one would have, would have really known as a marquee player. Rodney Howe, Robbie Kearns, Richard yeah. Swain. We're just we're all just kids at the start of a yeah. career. I was going to say, but um, you know, I know when I used to like playing against Melbourne, um, Marcus By, he was just so strong, and I reckon he's underrated. When they talk about some of the the great wingers in rugby league, he's a bloke that they sort of miss a little bit now. I reckon because he was just so good, and because he was so humble, people don't talk about him that much. And I saw him just recently up in Papua New Guinea, mate. He's he was unbelievable. No, mate, he's a um, yeah, he, he's so he's so well loved, and you know they. Back to the locals back there in Melbourne in the early, in the Helsinki days, they they commissioned one of the areas and, and called it the Marcus Boy uh, stand. And his, his following down there was you know it was it was unrivaled for any of our players, even the you know the superstars. It probably took maybe Billy Slater to knock Marcus off his pedestal as the most loved Melbourne Storm player of all time. And um, but yeah, his humility and his and his time yeah. for people. I um I, I went up to PNG with him once, and I saw it was almost like the Matrix. We went through a market and you could see the people stop and they just slowed, everything just slowed down. And um, he, uh, he, he was just, had time for everybody. And he, uh, I, I saw this lady and I, I, it was amazing. This lady, I, as Marcus went by, I was just behind him and I, I, I did that intentionally because I wanted to experience it. And as Marcus walked by, she almost sung his name and he was totally, he had so much time for it and she was like, and she just adored him. He's oh, Marcus, oh, you know, and and I, I, that that sat with me. That that was ten years ago that happened, and mm. it'll never leave me. And and now actually, I'm a teacher at Marymount College in you know in the Gold Coast of Burley here, and his kids go here. Oh well, so I teach his kid, and he, and one of them's in our um our footy program, and the other one will come through. So I get to see a lot of time with his family. So otherwise, I might not see him quite as often. So I love that, and I get to That's see Marcus awesome. so often as well. Hey, before we move away from that that Melbourne Storm side that won the premiership after two seasons in '99, Noddy, talk me through the the last couple of minutes. The kick goes up, it comes down. Uh, a winger who we never heard of before, never heard of since, Craig Smith. Yeah, he gets taken out by Jamie Ansk. I'm going to hand it over to you. How did it all happen? Well, you even talk about you know Matty Guy. Matty Guy played on the wing for most of '98, '99 season, and and 
I played Origins. Origins played Origin. Yeah, yeah. And we got flogged the first week of the finals at Olympic Park by the Dragons. Yeah. Absolutely blown off the oh, park. Wow. Ben Anderson was the 5'8", because Scotty Hill had returned back to Foster about round 25 and unfortunately come back, uh, had hit his head on a gutter. So he was ruled out for the rest of the season. So mm. Ben Anderson gets a chance to play. Matty's on the wing. We get absolutely flogged. Chris drops his son for the week two of the semifinals and a guy who comes off the wing... One of the best ball playing five eights I've ever had in my career, Matty Geyer, moves into the number six <laughs> role. About time. About time. <laughs> but and, so Matty plays hey, five eights. Hey, can I just interrupt for a second? I interrupt for a second. One of the funniest, you know, obviously quite, quite, quite entertaining. I remember they used to say, uh, you know, probably came out about two thousand one, two thousand and two. They used to talk about how you know great halves combinations win premierships. And when we won, they stopped talking about They started talking about great halfbacks, you know, great halfbacks in Premier League. Come on, come on, come on. You kicked the goal to win it from in front, didn't you? Come on, mate. Kicked the goal from in front. Yeah. So obviously, Craig Smith. Craig Craig Smith come back for the last three games. Uh, And as you said, Craig Smith was sort of never heard of again after Mm. that as well. but yeah, it was it was well fourteen fourteen nil at one stage down fourteen four down. Uh, it was probably the worst feeling uh, at halftime you ever can imagine because it felt like we'd blown the game. Uh, Chris Anderson sort of said, "Oh, you, you know, just go out there and relax. You, you know, you can't get any worse." I think Tawera and Stephen Kearney came up with some big plays oh, in the boy. second half. Mm, yeah. Some big mm. collisions that changed our momentum. But the, the kick glitchy at the end, I think it would come from roughly around the left post. It was the first instincts I think I had was obviously grab the ball and in goal to try and get a repeat set. And Jamie Ainsgove was a long, long way infield. And then obviously you then react and you kick it long, long to the corner. In the time of the, obviously- I think I, the, I, think I told you to kick it to the corner, didn't did I? Did you? Okay, yeah. Well, Matty, that's why, yeah. that's why Matty didn't kick it himself, but he said, not he kicked it to the right corner, way out near the sideline where, where Craig Smith's standing. Yeah. So, okay, Matt. Yeah, so obviously then he catches the ball and we think he scores it. And then until you see the replay and Craig Smith doesn't get off the ground, you, you don't really know what's happening. It, it, it seemed to take forever at that moment. Mm. It, it, you know, you talk about when time stands still in that. Penalty tries are a thing of 2020. 2019 tw- penalty tries. As soon yeah. as someone gets pulled mm. down, they're like a penalty try. Yeah, yep, yep. 1999. In a grand final. In a grand yeah. final. Yeah. When there's four points deciding the scoreline. Bill Harrigan. Like, massive, Bill Harrigan. Massive. He came up with a massive play. But to then think, are they going to award us a try? Because we sort of thought it had to be a try. And then do they award the try on the sideline? And Craig Smith's our goal kicker, which means Matty Guy is going to be the was the next in line to kick from the sideline. So then Bill walks from the corner post, slowly across to the middle of the field and stands under the black dot. And then that's when you know something's about to happen. Yes. Something good is about to yeah. happen for you, Melbourne. Yeah. It was the right, yeah. right call. It was the right call. But it was an amazing feeling. To, as you said, like to make a decision like a penalty try back then was huge. Yeah. Mm. That's why Bill's been the best, yeah. But that was unbelievable, the momentum swing for you guys. I think um, St. George were at 14-6, and you're thinking – how much are they going to win this by? Like, yeah, they were right. just doing it easy. And then, as you said, those collisions in the second half turned the game. Because I remember the Broncos, we were up in, um, we were up in uh, Darwin on our end-of-season trip. And yeah, we'd been a part of a few grand finals around that time. And then, mate, it's funny because a lot of the boys, they didn't want, for some reason, Melbourne to win because of the rivalry that yeah. the Broncos mm. and Melbourne had. And I didn't care. I just, you know, good luck. Let's. Uh, what, what, how, how was it Buffett kicking the goal? How was Obviously, yeah, the goal's pressure. in front. It's 18-all at the time if when you get the conversion. Just easy piece of cake? Yeah, no, easy, mate. <laughs> mate, to be honest, like you said, like that, you know, you can talk about that three weeks when I went into 5'8", and just when you talk about it, it goes like that. But for me, it was 
felt like three years ago, because everything was, was much more scrutinised and there was talk about, obviously, with Apes, with Benny being his son. And, um, but Chris Smithy, like, Craig Smithy, when he came onto the wing, he didn't just, like, he was kicking them so sweet. And everyone, and you were, and you were one of the backup kickers as well, not remember. So me and you were sort of on that standby sort of list. And, but he kept hitting them so sweet. And so I didn't practice my goal kicking for three weeks. I just put that in the can. We won oh, that resting, game. Resting, resting on his laurels. Gets a 5'8 jersey and you rest on your laurels. I was resting on my 63% goal kicking. Yeah. My 47% was pretty good as well. Hence the word backup kickers. Matty, before we... He got knocked out. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right, Matt. I was going to say, before we say goodbye to you... Um, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but we've got Wendell Saylor here, so let's talk about one of his favourite topics in the world, himself. No, he, himself. Oh, you're rotten, that, mate, no. Because around that era when the Melbourne Storm won the premiership um, in 99, but around that era, the 98 Broncos side, the 2000 Broncos side, the 97 Super League Broncos yeah. side, such a wonderful era for the Broncos. And talk us through that, Del. Some of the guys you played with, because what did you do? Eight seasons at the Broncos. I did nine seasons there, and I sort of got to the Broncos in '93, and there's Hancock, Khan, and all those guys. But then around '96, '97, I suppose when Super League came in, um, it changed a bit. You know, Lockyer, Julian O'Neill moved on, and we just went on a really good run there. Gordon obviously set that season out around '95, '96, and we just got him under the salary cap to, to fit into that Broncos side. And obviously Wayne had to, you know, coach. Not just a talented team, but he had to put up with a lot of egos. So I just think yeah. that momentum and the squad that we had, and it took guys like Kevy and Alf to sort of really compose the team because, you know, we had guys like Lazo there before he went to Melbourne, and he was great. Different personalities, but we learned to sort of, you know, we, it's, it's a winning culture. That's what it was. In 99, we weren't good enough. You talk about, you know, I think, you know, Wayne has obviously had that ability to create that winning culture. And I think having good players in a squad allows you that belief as a player that you're going to win a comp. You get that semi-final yep. time, you're like, hang on a sec, we're genuine here. We can win the comp because of the players around you. But, you know, you talk about the Broncos have been super successful. When they come in the comp in 88, they were pretty much successful straight away, you know, all the way through. And then they've continued that the way. It's harder to win it now uh, than I it has so. ever been. But, you know, you talk about the Melbourne. So Matty was a part of the 98 when we come in. Craig, sorry, Chris Anderson was a part of the first three years there. Then obviously, you know, the current coach, Craig Bellamy, has been there since, I think, 03. Buffer, hadn't you? You've obviously transitioned between yeah. the Opes yeah. culture into the Craig Bellamy culture and the difference. And you've seen a part of Wayne at the Broncos culture, Wayne at the Dragons yes, culture. Yes, I have. It, culture's yeah, huge in rugby league. Mm. It, it is. It's everything, you know. And I had Chris Anderson, too, there. We, you know, we had him for the World Cup Yeah, when we, we used to pick you on the wing. Yeah. Opes and I would say, yeah, let's pick Wendell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mate, it, <laughs> but it's the funny thing is, it, it's, mate, coaches get to know the balance. Like, tactically, Wayne Bennett has never been the best tactical coach but I just think he has some good footy brains around him, but also he makes those tough decisions and gets you to play to your strengths. You yeah, know? Let's talk about Wayne Bennett for a second with you. And when you first arrived at the Broncos, didn't he sort of think you're a little bit up yourself, you needed to yeah. pull it back a bit? Yeah, look, I th well, when I came through um, the juniors and all that, I, I was at North Queensland Centre, but I used to play against guys like – Brett Dallas was – he was like a superstar. There was a guy called Butch Fatnana who was – you know, was Whatever happened young. to Butch? He sort of went to England and didn't sort of, I don't know, he just sort of got lost in that. He that sort of got lost. Yeah, he went to yeah, Penrith and did. then went over to England and just sort of, but he, he was like one of the he best talents. Pardon? What's that, Buff? I ran into Butchie the other day. He was up in um, North Queensland. That's but, right, yeah. yeah. I ran into him at yeah. He's working on the mines. But, I, yeah, I just think, oh, look, I think when I walked in there, uh, there's a guy called Cyril Connell. 
Uh, Wayne wasn't that big of a fan. He said, mate, I've seen you play uh, in state carnivals. He goes, I think you got some talent, but you're a bit brash and a bit lazy, and I don't think you're going to make it. Mm. And I had a week to prove myself. So train with a week with those with those players. And as um, Noddy had said, um, you get those players around. So when I walked in, I met Alan Langer and you know these Steve Redolph and these guys asked me where I'm from. And the Broncos were like predominantly a lot of country blokes. So I just I was happy to be there. But that for some reason that week I just thought to myself, I'm going to train as hard as I can to try and get that contract. And the end of the week, Wayne goes to me, goes look. To be honest, he goes, I don't know, um, Calvin Joel's a massive fan. He reckons, look, I don't know if this Wendell Sala can play, but, but shit, he can run. So from that point on, um, they gave me a year, one-year contract and, and I was lucky enough to sort of, um, you know, beat the Broncos for nine years and be a part of four, four premierships. The same thing that Wayne said at the start of his career, probably said at the end of his career. <laughs> Is that what happened to you when you left the Dragons and you left Wayne and was it the same? Yep, you're still arrogant. Uh, <laughs> you're still a cheeky little fella, but you oh, had a no. good career, kid. No, well, Benny was good to me too at the Dragons. Brandon gave me the opportunity, but it was funny. When I retired, because I had another year to go on my contract, and, um, I, and there was a guy called Brett Morris that was, you know, obviously thereabouts at Nightingale, and there was Darius Boyd. That was our back th- our back four sort of combination. And then I wanted to go one more year, and then um, I had one more year to go so on my contract. And when I goes, how are you feeling? And I was pretty pumped up, 2009. Anyway, in 2009, I said, oh, yeah. I said, I think I'll be right. And he goes, well, I don't think you will be. He goes, if you going to play again next year. He goes, you're going to be playing reserve grade. And I said, what? He goes, yeah, he goes, um, he goes I think it's better to go out a year, a year early than mm. a year too late. And I said, oh, okay. And then we were doing the press conference and they said, oh, what can you say about Wendell Saylor? And one of the best lines I've ever heard. He goes, well, look, there's not much I can say about Dell. He goes, I've got to say this. The good thing about Dell is from the age of 13, he fell in love with himself and has been faithful ever since. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie, so good to catch up with you, mate. I still find that one of the most inspiring stories in my 50 years of watching rugby league that in the modern era, a team can be two seasons in the comp and win the comp. Yeah, it was a, it was a great ride. And again, it woke it like, like Noddy was saying, we're a bunch of young fellas just uh, doing our best. And in the end, we sort of realigned that and said, let's try and win a comp. And, I think at that point, uh, and Noddy will definitely add, add to this, but um, the fact that we had unlimited interchange at the point, so we would run with four, four big forwards on the bench, and uh, we had a, we had an international pack by then. Um, Steve Kearney had lobbed, and um, then we had you know blokes like Ben Rorty, Russell Bowden, Danny Williams, maybe the best interchange player we've ever seen. Like, we used to love watching Danny, Matty Rua. Yeah, because he can hit, yeah. Now, so. We had two, we, um, two powerful, yeah, so we, two yeah, powerful wingers. Marcus Bly and Matty Guy, wingers. two powerful wingers. <laughs> yeah, uh, mate, I, I had a mate in the shade. Like, I was, that in uh, in '99, I scored 20 tries. I don't think I touched the ball inside my arm. Yeah. You know, I'd kick it to Boo Boo, he'd have a run. Then George, you'd say, if it was on my wing, I'd go to dummy half and give it to Marcus. If it was on his wing, I'd just yeah. stay over on my wing and let him do it. And then I was, I was the best. Uh, Scooter after that, George, you'd scatter three of them from like like ten pins. I'd go for a dummy ass scoot, make fifteen. Very yeah. underrated, mate. Very humble, but he, he can play a bit too. The, the only the Matty guy had the record, obviously, for the most games for the Melbourne Storm until a bloke called Cameron Smith took over. Oh yeah, yeah. have What you him. will have though, Matty guy, is you'll always be always be the hairiest bloke that has ever played for the <laughs> Melbourne Storm. Good on you, Matty. Good <laughs> to catch up. Keep that. <laughs> mate, the viewers are going to yeah. not know what you're talking about <laughs> on board. <laughs> Good to catch up with you, Matt. Good on you, mate. 
There he goes. Thanks, boys. It's a pleasure. Matty Guy joining us on the Legends of League podcast. Played a handful of Origin games too, which we didn't get to mention. But yeah. uh, good to catch up with him. That's what we want to do on the Legends of League podcast, is catch up with a few blokes like that who are absolute heroes of the game and you don't see anymore. And Legends of League, all, of course, all began with the tournament we've had over the last couple of years, Central Coast. Um, also uh, Newcastle, but with COVID-19, we've just turned it into a podcast, but the tournament will be back. Boys, have I got time to ask you about a little bit of uh, topical stuff that's going up in the, in the going on in and around the game? COVID-19. Now, Noddy, you've got a handful of daughters. How are you getting yeah. it on at home? How are they coping? Uh, the first sort of one to two weeks of it was, was extremely tough because it went from normal school, normal life, to all of a sudden saying, you're home. Yeah, right. You're locked inside. You're not allowed to train. You can't go outside, can't visit friends. Uh, and homeschooling become a big part of it. So I have a, a 19, 17, 14, and nine-year-old. So my, my younger two were a bit of a battle with homeschooling and, and just needed to get out. They wanted to get out and go and see their friends. And they, not they couldn't understand it, but they were just frustrated. So we've, we've had to work out you know, training a lot more at home. Um, homeschooling is obviously a big part of it now. Uh, my, my youngest two have actually gone to school today. They went today for okay. their one day a week at the moment. Yeah. Uh, my year 11 daughter goes to school sort of for two hours, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, to, to keep her space and distance away from the yeah. rest of school. So it's been interesting. Uh, no work, uh, obviously, for, for a number of weeks now. Um, so it's been tough. It's been really tough just not being able to be your normal self and, and go out and meet your mates and yeah, have dinners yeah. and have chats. But I, I think we as adults can handle a bit better. I, I think the kids have found it extremely hard. My daughter was super excited today to go to school just to see her friends. How do you think about poor old Tara Sailor and uh, Matisse and Tristan having to live with this guy during the COVID-19? How are they coping with you, Del? Well, well I understand that uh, some people need their space. Um, I'm not always, like, up, you know. Sometimes I like my yeah. time. And I found it hard the first week when everyone uh, – actually, you know, Tara wasn't home because she works at the uni. So she works in admin there and uh, they, were st- they were still open, obviously, because uh, there were still students on campus. But um, the kids were sort of encroaching on my space and I didn't really like it. So <laughs> And then so I started to sort of get out, of, out, out and about a bit more because I didn't know whether you could play golf and that or not. Mm. So I did at first I thought, oh, I won't play golf because it's probably the wrong thing to do. And the government said you can play golf but social distancing. So I thought, okay. So I sort of – do a lot more around the place, but also give the kids their space. So after week two, we're, we're all good. And um, I was just helping Tara out a bit. Um, then she'd go, oh, look, can you go to Coles for me and that? And like, I, I didn't really want to go shopping, but you know, I just, you know, I, my role changed a bit uh, and I didn't mind it. Sometimes I realised it's not always about me. Oh, oh. <laughs> do you still get around the house in your white? Remember when you were living in the Northern suburbs of Wollongong, the neighbours used to say you used to get around in your white, really, really tight budgie smugglers. Yeah, I used to have white speedos, but like only around the pool area. I didn't like mow the lawn. Out of them. But you know who, who sort of threw that up firstly? It was years ago, was uh, Matty and Andrew Johns. Right. They used to go, oh, mate, Dell loves getting down to the beach and that with his white speedos. And you know what? My missus bought me a pair of white speedos. All right. I, well, that, that 2000 World Cup that Wendell was talking about, he, he was the leading try scorer. He was unbelievable. He was the best winger of that competition. But all I seen him do was arms in the gym. Oh, oh bicep curls. Your mate Gordy. Gordy didn't train at all. Gordy would walk around the gym for an hour because we come from the Melbourne Storm and we, we trained extremely hard and we'd go to the gym and flog ourselves and be all competitive. So yeah. these blokes would strut around, you know, the Broncos were good, 197, 98, you know, all that type of stuff. And so we had a little bit of lair because we were yeah. the 99 premiers yeah. when 2000 come around. So we'd train hard and hopes to give it to them and this and that and fitness, they would – Wendell was very good at fitness, but... We like the, the games, yeah. Yeah, the, the game. Fitness, the game yeah. fitness, they were great. Yeah. Offside touch on one. Normal though. fitness? Rubbish. Yeah. yeah. And, and then Gordy <laughs> would do... I don't know if he touched a weight for six weeks on the World Cup, 
and he touched his biceps. <laughs> yeah, he would have. Curls were about six week program. Mm. Look, but he led, yeah. led in try scoring. Yeah, but you know, yeah, you know yeah, else, yeah. you know who else yeah. was unbelievable on that tour is um, on that, but you guys trained hard. Trent Barrett, because Trent Barrett was like the new. New yeah. age of sort of uh, the, the, the big new, five eight, the new generation of the five eight coming through, and mate, like there was me, Freddie, and that. Well, like we didn't mind doing weights, Freddie and I, even though you know I love the arms, but Freddie, <laughs> Freddie, Freddie didn't mind his extras either. And, and Craig Gow was yeah. also on that tour. Um, but yeah, mate, I tell you now, Trent Barrett, it was unbelievable. Just he was like twelve pack, and yeah. Yeah, he used to love chisel. the rower, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He ended up playing a fair bit. Did he play some time at centre in that? Was that he played centre, Trent Barrett? Oh, he could have. Yeah, you got Freddie. Better, Freddie remember. obviously was the captain. Mm. Yeah, what an era. Star, so. What a time. We had a fair side, hey, yeah. what about some of the things, boys, going on like around, in and around the game of rugby league now? With this, I think the rugby league, for the first time, is at the forefront of what is going on in world sport. What about you, Noddy? What sort of an influence has Peter Volandi's had on the game? Huge. Been, been the uh, the saviour, in a way, of rugby league. Yeah, we were, he's a go-getter, isn't he? He's a go-getter. He gets, gets deals done, has the ability to... to, to to come up with a direction he wants to travel in or what he thinks is best interest for the game and gets it done ASAP. So he's been a saviour to our game. Uh, obviously, without knowing behind the scenes, obviously the financial disaster that we're in, the mm. clubs are bleeding. Um, I think clubs play a big part in that in some regards as well because they all want to win. So they all want to spend more and have more and create more, which they go to the, the headquarters yeah. and say, can we have yeah. more? Yeah, we right, need yeah. more money. So there's obviously got to be mm. – you keep all 16 clubs happy, but – and it means you're taking money from the top as well. So I, I think he's been a yeah. saviour. I think he, I listened to him speak at a lunch in Newcastle that was actually just before our Legends of League tournament last year. He was there for a, a million-dollar race yeah. that was going to oh, happen yes, in Newcastle. Right. Yes, yes. So I went there the day early to have lunch with my brother and his wife and, and, and went to that lunch, and he spoke at that lunch. You can see why he's impressive as a person, but how he's impressive as a businessman and gets, yeah. gets results. The only thing I would ask, though, around us getting a restart of the game – there's a lot of talk about changing certain rules, going back to oh. one referee. Is this the time to be messing with all that sort of stuff, Del? Yeah, look, I think, look, if you're going to do that, you've got to do it uh, in the off-season. I know we've had a bit of a break now, and you, you can elaborate on this, uh, Noddy. But, look, we've already had two two games, and then the two referees, now they want to go to one referee. I understand where they want to go to save money, but there's other areas they probably could could do it. But but you could they didn't even tell all the coaches but they didn't even ask the coaches, what do you think about this? They just threw it out that the media knew. We knew first. I knew on that Edsit Legends show. I was going, and then I, I found out that a lot of the coaches didn't know. Mm. It, it's a tough one. But it, I just, it changes how they play and coach now. You know, with the, the interchanges in place for two referees, how the, the tempo of the game flows. If they go back to one referee, I agree with all. I've heard a lot of the coaches' comments. If you referee the ruck, the 10 metres will be five metres. Players cheat. They, they get away in, with whatever they get. If he's 10 metres back or 12 metres back, it's going to be hand on the ball. It's going to be messy. It's going to be really slow play the ball. So I, I think they've got to keep two refs. Okay. They've got to keep that yeah. fabric of the game. Because you can't play two rounds, keep the points, and then go, we're going to play a new that's competition right. that's, that's my and argument. go back to one ref and have it, have yeah. it portrayed to be the same season. Yep. Do you think, guys, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about now that we go back, do the best we can, which I think is wonderful. We're going to get 18 more rounds of the normal season into the Premiership decider, which will be about three weeks late, then into Origin. Now, Noddy, what about all this talk about whoever wins it this year, there'll be an asterisk? Ax. 
Asterisks? Easy for you to say. Asterisks. 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 Yeah. 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 Mate, if I win a comp, if I win a, comp, a competition in 2020 and it's got an asterisk next to my name, I would be wrapped. Yeah, right. That's right. Oh, it's like the Dragons of 2010. Yeah. People go, oh, like I think Gordy says, oh, but Melbourne, you know, they weren't there. Well, doesn't matter. Like you won the competition. Still, mm. yeah. still hard to win. So yeah, you won what was in front of you. That's Mate, right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you've all got. The same off-season to prepare yep. for. You're all going back at the same time. You're playing 18 rounds of football. You've got semi-finals. You've got grand final. Yep. You need some luck. You need to stay injury-free. You need to be flying at the end of the year. You of need course. no dramas in your team. You need to be super well coached. Yeah. And you need to have that motivation to win it. So, Yeah. And what I'm excited about too also is because I know you probably get to it, but even Origin after the season said and done, because I think this will be a true indication, not that – the past origins haven't been true indication of who's been like the better. But even like the NRL, like on the form after the grand final, you're picking at the end where there's clubs aren't, you know, um, torn to pieces like, you know, uh, whether it's, you know, Melbourne or whether it's, you know, the Roosters or whatever. Um, I know the rotation of young players coming in and a lot of those coaches have done a good job. But I think for me, uh, that's, that's great. It'd be interesting because club football does get affected so much by origin. Mm. You're yeah. going to get all the competition without yes. the affection of origin, but then you're going to have some rep players that mightn't be playing for four to six or four weeks at least when the state of origin team gets picked. Yep. That's going to be the hard part. Yep. Having, having said that, in a word, Noddy, tell me this. All that's been said and done, all that's happened this year, whoever you tipped to win the premiership in January before all this nonsense happened, are you still tipping that team to win the premiership? Yes. Okay. What about you, Dell? Yes, I am. I am. This podcast is growing by popularity as we speak. They're calling in from all around the world. It's actually a podcast where you can ring in to. Is and it? we've got another very oh. special guest on the line. He played 167 NRL games, over 100 rugby, and he uh, finished his uh, he finished his career with a premiership with the mighty South Sydney Rabbitohs. It's the great Lottie Takiri who joins us from his home in Brisbane. G'day, Lottie. How are you, boys? Can you hear me? Yes, buddy. You, of course we can. How you going, mate? Yeah, how's that uh, Four Points Brewery going? Boys? Oh, we're just about Sorry. to crack one yeah, open. Yeah. Uh, absolutely beautiful. I'm glad you raised it, Lottie. I've got a box coming to your place. This is the uh, Four Pines Pale Ale. This one here, uh, crisp citrus hoppy. I just, mate, just chilled. Absolutely beautiful. But there's a box on the way to your joint. That's your payment for coming on today. Thank you very much. Boys, would you like to ask Lottie? I've just I've just been listening uh, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, did these folks talk about their tip for the comp? Or yeah, have they not nominated them yet? Well, we, we asked just, we asked a question: yeah. Are you still tipping the team that you tipped before the yes. COVID nineteen? So, and it was and a one word they, answer. Have they, they said who they're tipping? Yeah. Maroon didn't ask that. He said one yeah. word. <laughs> Tell us, do you still support <laughs> who you think? Word. Who did you tip? Raiders. I tipped Raiders as well. What about uh, you, Lottie? I'm going for a smoky. Um, long-suffering paraffins. Oh. oh! You think they got the goods? Why do you mm. think they've got the goods this year? You know, when they play away from, um, you know, that stadium, Bank West, they struggle a bit. Yeah. They do. Um, I like, obviously, their backs are sensational. And um, I think with the inclusion of uh, Campbell Gillard, um, bolstering their pack and, you know, and, uh, and a few other... Ryan Madison? Sort of plays in the middle there, yeah. Um, who's that young Queenslander? Um, the number nine. I forget his name. Reed Marnie. Reed Marnie, yeah, yeah. Reed Marnie. Um, I think they've got a fairly good spine. And uh, Blake Ferguson, when he's on, uh, he's a match winner. I, I don't think wingers win a grand final for anyone, Lottie. I think it's a total, <laughs> total waste of time. <laughs> well, you've got two here, mate. <laughs> I'll tell you, he won the 98 and the 2000 Clive Churchill. 
Yeah. Oh, please. Uh, I never say that, no. mate. But yeah. Hey, Lottie, what about – if we can just talk about you just for a second. Um, yeah. You had, as I said, you played 167 NRL games. You played rugby as well. But you you went to rugby a lot earlier, a lot younger than a lot of players do. Yeah, I did. I did. I'd, I'd done a fair bit in rugby league um, at the time. I was quite young, obviously very lucky to – to, to have played in teams um, with Dell and, and uh, came through a system where the Broncos were an unbelievable outfit. Alan Langer was still playing. Um, I was got the tail end of him, Kevy, obviously. Um, and I'd won a cop. I'd won uh, a couple of Origin Series. I played for Australia. Um, and, you know, there was not, not much else to do, but um, I thought if there was a Good time to jump. It was in 2000 and at the end of 2002 um, for the start of 2003 for the Rugby World Cup, which was in um, Australia uh, at the time. Mm. Who got you to jump? Because I mean, I, I knew that you had a lot. You had a lot of good mates at the Broncos. Obviously, I'd left in 2001. Um, I didn't know. Someone said, "Oh, mate, Lloyd Curie might be coming across." And I was going like, "No." Nah. I said, "He's going to be there forever at the Broncos because." You know, Justin Hodges was there, Brent Tate, and I said he was good mate, Sean Berrigan. What made you sort of, you know, make the transition? I know that you love your rugby because of, you know, the, your background, that too, the Fijians. Um, yeah, that pretty much first and foremost. I, I probably um, grew up watching both. I love rugby league, but my father played rugby union. So um, I thought, and I always wanted to, at, at some point in my career, um, test myself in that arena. Um, and it probably did come a lot earlier than um, expected, uh, but yeah, I, um, you know, there was uh, there was a great crew at, in Brisbane. Um, yeah. Justin Hodges, a young bloke, he was incredible. Yeah, um, remember that? How funny was that? <laughs> tell the boys a story, please. No, you tell them, mate. You're a better storyteller than someone's got to tell it. But okay, so um, we're obviously in Origin, but the young players were, were coming through, and, and Justin Hodges was debuting um, at fullback against the Raiders. And um, after the game, he had a great game. He's only 18. And, and then he was getting interviewed and they said, oh, how'd you find it? And he goes, oh, um, he goes, I really enjoyed it. And it was just an un- incredible feeling. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> unbelievable and incredible. So he just – and we always give him stick about it, Hojo. <laughs> That's gold. So then you, uh, you you had a wonderful career over there in the rugby as well. I missed every game you played, mate, because I don't watch the rugby. <laughs> no. I only watch the rugby league. But you came back, had a stint with the West Tigers, and then – who yeah. who kind of got you over the Rabbitohs to have that one last stint and then, of course, go out famously with a premiership? Well, I had you on the, on the phone a fair bit, mate, to get me over to the bus. I did, no, yes, I yes. <laughs> Was that me, mate? Was it me oh, no. that... I, <laughs> I, um, so at the end of the 2013 season, obviously, um, I wasn't going that well. I was, you know, struggling for a bit of confidence um, at the end of my Tigers, West Tigers stint. Um, having a fair few injuries and I think um, Madge made contact with a good mate of mine um, in Sydney. So we um, met up for a coffee uh, and sort of discussed um, a possibility of sort of coming across but um, I didn't think too much of it because after that Tiger season I went to Ireland and, and had a three, three month stint over there I think uh, and then I didn't know whether I was over it or not uh, and Madge kept calling he said, mate, are you keen? Are you keen? Are you keen? Um, and I never really got back to him because I sort of didn't know where my body was at and, and the confidence. It probably waned a little bit um, about uh, what I could do on the field as you do when you get older. 
you're just not as good or as dynamic or as uh, as yeah. quick as you once were when you first come into the game. Um, but I, I finally um, decided to go over. Um, but I did go over a lot later than Madge wanted me to go over. I kept pushing him back and pu- pushing him back. I just remember um, and heard about Madge's pre-seasons. Uh, so, I, as Del would know, um, yeah. I'm probably not the best uh, when it comes to long-distance running. Um, those one-kilometre, two-kilometre time trials, um, you know, are terrible. Those four and fives... Um, four laps around yeah. the oval in five minutes. I used to do call them four and eights. And what about <laughs> and, um, yeah? And what about Canungra, mate? What about that? Remember that time we went to Canungra? Oh, we used to hate that, didn't we? It was like well, yeah, yeah, it was terrible. Well, I think it was one of my first seasons. Yes. with the big boys, and uh, we had to get off the bus. Canungra, obviously in the sticks in the hinterland of the Gold Coast, just out of Brisbane here, and um, they dropped us off five kilometres out. Uh, from where we were supposed to go, That's back it. from the base. Um, <laughs> we didn't know what was going on. And I thought I was okay, pretty fit. Um, and here I am. We got told to get off the bus and jog in to the base. And then... Uh, With the rope? Yeah. What's that, mate? With that big rope? Remember we all had to hold on the rope? Oh, there was a rope. Yep. Was, <laughs> um, and I, seriously... After about three or four kilometres, because for me, I, I need to know an end point. I need to know yeah, yeah. where I'm going. Mm. Say, at the start of a session, I used to say to our coaches, what are we doing? I need to know. I used to get anxiety about pre-season. Um, how far are we running? Yeah. I, I just needed to know that mentally. That's so what, here I didn't yeah. know. It just didn't, for me, it was just kept going, kept going. Yeah. And um, I, 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 I carked it. I <laughs> Sort of had a bit of heat exhaustion um, and I, you know, fell onto the side of the road um, and uh, found a big shady tree to fall under. Only one shady tree there. Lottie found it. (laughs) And we had to stop and Wayne wasn't – because Wayne used to run with us. So Wayne goes one in, all in. And until Lottie gets up, we're staying here. So Lottie had to get up and push through that. I I did the four and five. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think one or two years later, every time they went back after that, Gordy used to tell me they used to um, stop there and have a minute of silence for me. Every time they went back. <laughs> I, I did the four and fives last week. I'm going back to preseason, mate. Sandhills yesterday. Oh, nice. oh well, nice. out back in. Give us the best piece of advice Wendell Saylor has ever given you, Lottie. <laughs> what has Wendell touched you under the wing as a younger fella in Brisbane? <laughs> Oh, mate, there's a few. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, don't know. I don't know about this. <laughs> Let's keep it. Um, yeah. no, I, uh, mate, Del, Del worked hard, mate. Del, Del was a hard worker. I know he talks up um, about, you know, being flashy, this, that and the other, but um, Del showed a fair bit of uh, stuff with, you know, just, just following him on, on the on the training paddock. He's a great trainer, um, and he was good for a bloke like myself coming through. Um, and, and I had great blokes to learn off, as I alluded to earlier with, with the crew. Hey, we- um, I followed more so Dell on the training paddock than uh, say like a Steve Vanoff. He'd be at the back with me. Yeah. Um, hey, Lottie, what did, just before we go to your best seventeen of the last forty seasons, what are you sitting yeah. on? Are you sitting on a throne? Are you sitting on your bed? What is that you're sitting on? 
Yes, yeah, so I'm in the spare room, mate. Yeah. So um, it's, it's homeschooling. Rooms everywhere. There's no. rooms everywhere that are taken up. The office is taken up. Kids are still at home from. Um, yeah. Still doing homeschooling. So um, I've been confined to the spare room downstairs. So all right. He's in the he's in the West Wing that they gave him when he went to rugby. So <laughs> the, the great le, the great, yeah. hey, the great Les Ross looked after you very well, yeah. Lottie. That's it, mate. That's yeah. it. All right, boys. Let's have a look Still at there, it. Yeah. Let's have a look at. Uh, we've uh, we always ask the guests to bring in their top seventeen players of the last forty years. So I'm going to start. Yeah. I've got your team here, Lottie, yeah. and it's controversial okay. for a couple of reasons. So I'm going to read out your team, Lottie, and then I'm going to ask you to comment on it. You've got Billy Slater at fullback. You've got Sammy Radradra on one wing. You've got Wendell Saylor on the other. Um, nice centres too. Uh, Mal Meninga and Greg Inglis. Then you've got Wally Lewis, Joey Johns. Then up front you've got um, Lazarus, Webkey, Cameron Smith at nine. Gordy Tallis and Sam Burgess in the back row. Freddie Fittler at lock. But your bench here, Lottie, you've got Darren Lockyer. You've got Harrigan, yeah. Chief Harrigan. Then you've got... Laurie Daly and Ruben Wickey, you got a couple of uh, backs on the bench there. Yeah, I do have a couple of bench, but yeah. I think later in his career, Laurie he can play could both. Play yeah. Back row. Mm, yeah. And uh, Ruben Wickey could play both. He, yeah. he was probably a, an amazing front rower when he finished up his career at the, at, uh, Warriors, at yeah. the Warriors. I, I don't know if I would have run straight at him. I still remember him knocking out Sia Soliola on Yes. Um, Unbelievable run, eh? After the uh, kickoff. Amazing. So um, for me, it was sort of a lot, a lot of tough um, blokes that, that I sort of played with. Um, I probably discounted guys a little bit between um, 1980 and, and 1990. Um, simple fact, I, I was really sort of, I was only born in 1979. Um, and, and obviously the King was sort of in that era. You know, I've left out guys like um, Gene Miles. I've left out guys... Um, of that era, you know what I mean? Like Cliffy Lyons, place like that. Alan Langer, I loved him, but I just couldn't fit him in. Yeah. Um, that You talk about Samir Adradra, um, I know he's a controversial um, pick, but I thought, um, you know, for how long was he? Three or four Three years? Three or four years, yeah, he changed the game. Um, he, yeah. he, was, uh, he was amazing. I, 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 I tossed up between him and uh, Noah Nandruku. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah. PG and myself. Mm. Yeah. Those two um, blokes uh, really uh, carved out, especially Noah initially carved out a name for Fijians um, on the wing. And uh, I, I just, um, you know, played a lot better knowing that um, Noah um, had, uh, you know, cut his teeth uh, for, for other young Fijian blokes coming through. All right. You've got 6X Broncos play. You've got Coach Wayne Bennett. What about you, Noddy? Have you done a 17 of the last 40 years? I have. I have. I've got a, quite a few that are very similar to Lottie. And, and as you said, like, I'm a tiny bit older than Lottie, so I remembered some of the 80s mm-hmm. uh, and went back through remembering some of the people who have made a, a presence in the game. Um, but also players that I played with, I think I – People I played with or knew, I, I put a bit higher than other people because you know the I person that, they yeah. are, that, what they did at training, yeah. paddock and bits and pieces. So my team was I had Billy Slater uh, at fullback, uh, Eric Grove Sr. as a winger. So he was, he was the 1980s version of Wendell Saylor. Oh, unbelievable. 1990s winger, I had Wendell Saylor. Oh, 90s. Yeah, 1990s. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, so I had, I had Eric Grove Sr. <laughs> and Wendell Saylor as my winger. I had Greg Inglis and Mal Meninga yep. as my centres. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Thurston and Andrew Johns as my halves. I had Glenn Lazarus and I had Paul Harrigan as a front row, yep. not Shane Webke, purely on the fact that I know the Chief. He grew up in Newcastle. I'd watch him come through my club and, and go and play. Cameron Smith was my hooker. Gavin Miller 
and Steve Menzies in my back rowers. Yeah, wow. yeah, Gavin Miller, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, ball playing, back-to-back Dalian medal winner. Uh, Bradley Clyde was my lock. Yeah, freak. Freak, of, freak from the 90s, tackle two on oh, Origins. Yeah. It was insane what he got back to do. Uh, Wally Lewis, Brad Fittler, Paul Gallen, and Jason Tamalolo are my bench. So I had the king in there. You can't yeah. be, you're not allowed to be called the king of Lang Park if yeah, you're not in it. a team. Yeah, yeah it's what, what, Just go through your bench again. You've got Wally Lewis. Brad Fittler. Yep. Paul Gallen. Mm-hmm. And Jason Tamalolo. Tamalolo, yeah. Okay. Did you did you nominate a coach? You didn't have to, but if you did, yeah, yeah Chris Anderson. You nominate yourself as coach. No, no I, I'd put Chris Anderson. Right. Yes. Okay. You know? he'd had a wonderful influence on your career. Uh, he still has. He still mm. he does have Good man, a, a great man. Uh, huge influence on that playing flat style. Uh, decisions I made was a, a second father figure to me. Uh, so, so you still? Um, I play a bit of golf with Chris. Still, still, with him. Still, okay. Still, yeah. I, I don't have to talk about. It. Technically, any football decisions, but when I was still playing, any time I made a decision, even when it came time to retire, yeah, uh, he was sort of the only person I rang to have that conversation with. Uh, yeah, and still muck around and chat now, but yeah, I, obviously, without having any football decisions, I yeah. still enjoy talking football to him. Lottie Wendell, if you want to ask any questions about the team, there, Lottie, Lottie, how's how's his ticker, mate? Is his ticker going alright? His ticker's going okay. Yes, uh, I, I think he'll never go back to a. Stressful environment because it's not going that great. Um, but he does the, he does the sand hills. He plays golf. Uh, he does business, the sand hills. Does the sand. He lives pretty Good close there to the sand hills there at Cronulla. And um, well, I was I um I actually was on that tour. I was in the stands um, when he had the heart attack. Wow. Oh yeah. Um, 2001 was yeah, it? So I was one. Yeah, it was because yeah. you were played for Fiji in 2000. Yeah, and then um, I, I injured myself um, in the first game, so I was in the stands uh, second test. We didn't know what so what was going on. We went back into the shed. Oaks wasn't there. Everyone's thinking, now so where is he? He's in the toilet, this, that, and the other. There was a bit of kerfuffle, a bit of a mess about, um, you know, what was going on. Then we found out. Um, so there was a bit of anxiety around, but um, luckily there was leaders in there. It was, it was, it was, you know, Bradford was captain and mm. Joey was there as well, Lockie as well. It was a great squad, but had we not had those leaders, I don't think um, – you know, it would have been a different story, but uh, that was a, it was a weird time. It was, uh, yeah, like having a coach sort of yeah. have a heart attack. You know, I think yeah. he stayed on after the tour to sort of get his unbelievable um, good man you know, health under control um, for another couple of weeks before we came back. But yeah, that was scary. He's a bloke that could really bring a team together too. That, that was that was his strength. Yeah. He, you know, the old. The old days where if you got lost three or four in a row, it's, you know, we'd lock in the room after the fourth loss and yeah. put the phones in the middle and you would sort out all the differences well, and all that. They released a story the other day about how the dogs won the comp in 95. Yeah. Mm. Where they were – obviously the Super League war broke out the middle of 95. Uh, that all signed Super League and then all of a sudden Dimmick, Pay, Smith and McCracken have all gone back to the ARL to play under Parramatta. Top five format in that time. They get to the semifinals and it come around to – you know, being honest and being up front and having a beer once a week with, around teammates and going, you know what, we've got a chance to win this competition. Let's not let egos and what's happening get in the way of it. And yeah. that was always his greatest strength. He, yep. could, he could bring a rep of side course. together. He, he played very as a very simple style, but he trained extremely hard. He played on the wing as a, pl- yeah, as a player. Yeah, no idea. he did, Pretty fair player. And then he finished as a 5'8 when he went to Halifax, captain coach, <laughs> take yourself to the 5'8 role. <laughs> they tell me he was a very bad trainer in his own playing mm. days, but now he's obviously as a coach, yeah. he... he he would flog the hell out of you. He thought fitness was a huge part of, of playing. That's a great story, that story about the 95 team that you, yep. you talk about, Noddy. Yeah. Apparently he said to them, uh, we're going to get together once a week for a beer. You can talk about anything other than rugby yeah. league. Yeah. 
And we had plenty of occasions where we we were on losing streaks or you know times where you yeah we had backs against the wall. Now the time we you know obviously you know what was it oh three at Cronulla when when he was on the verge of getting the sack because he'd done so much for me as my career. I I broke my jaw midway through oh three and I was you know eating eating pies through a blender and cutting tiny bits of sausages up and swallowing them whole just so I could eat. And I knew that he was on the verge of getting the sack. And I literally ended up going to see the doctor after about two weeks, and I said, I've got to play. And they're like, why? And I said, because I owe this guy my whole career. Like, it was wow. literally something that I had to go and do. I, I thankfully yeah, got approved to play, and, and I, I did play. I got injured again. It was actually against Brisbane that game at, at Shark Park. And I got injured in an area, a different area, but, and then unfortunately we lost that game, and, and later that sort of a two or three weeks later, the club made a decision to move Chris Anderson on. But that was everything he'd done for me. Mm. That was the repayment I could do for him because of – what he'd done for yeah, me. I, okay. I nearly went through the dogs in 97 when there wasn't going to be a Super League split. I actually agreed the terms at Canterbury to go and play under him. Did a beep test it in the car park at Belmore. Jeez. No, it wasn't the, it wasn't the friendliest thing. But then all yeah. of a sudden, about November 97, they go, or 96, they're like, you know what, let's play a split comp. Yep. Yeah, right. That's how yeah. that's how the Hunter Mariners sort of was created. Did you have a similar thing, not to get too far off course here, but you had a similar thing where – might have been when you were at the Northern Eagles and went to Cronulla. Were you not going to go to the Dragons there for a while, weren't you? I'd signed at the Dragons. Yeah. What happened? Who signed you? I'd signed – I end of 01, I'd signed a deal. The Dragons pretty much close to grand final week. Um, I was on the – Yeah, On the Monday I was driving – on the Monday I was driving down the freeway from Avoca. I was living at the Central Coast at the stage. And I literally got halfway down the, to, the, to the freeway and I was told by my manager to stop, turn around. Uh, some of the players from the Dragons, all the younger players that got picked in the Prime Minister's team, so they all got an upgrade. Uh, and then I was told that they couldn't fit me in and, uh, and later I was later told that I, they, there was some negotiating issues and then that I also needed a shoulder reconstruction. I had ripped my bicep that year, but I never got it repaired. So yeah, I, I don't know who was lying or telling the truth, mm. but yeah. It was a, yeah. a deal that was done. All right. I'll tell you what I've got to do. We're running out of time here. Del, we need your team. Your best 17 for the yeah. last 40 years and a coach. Okay. Well, just well, number one is Wendell Saylor. Number two is Wendell Saylor. <laughs> number three is Wendell. <laughs> I just cloned oh. myself. Naughty beat it, mate. <laughs> Look, for me, this was hard to do. I never had to really do it before. But uh, for me, at the back, Billy Slade, obviously game changer. On the wings, I had uh, Lottie. Probably just in front of Brett Morris, but Lottie is two premierships. Um, Eric Gray Sr. was one of my heroes growing up. In the centres, I went Inglis and Gene Miles. Um, in the halves, Jonathan Thurston and uh, Andrew Johns. Uh, the front row, Glenn Lazarus, uh, Cameron Smith and Shane Webke. Uh, my back row, Gordon Tallis, an absolute beast. Uh, no wonder he's a raging bull. Bradley Clyde and Brad Fittler. And uh, on the bench, uh, Darren Lockyer, obviously a game changer from fullback to 5'8". Uh, Jason Tamalolo, Sam Burgess. And I tossed up between the 17th one. I had a guy in there last night, but I changed it. Um... But I went with Steve Menzies. I sort of forgot about the Beaver. Uh, Beaver was a game changer and just left out Ruben Wickey. Okay. And, uh, yeah. So that was a coach. You pick a coach for us? Oh, Wayne Bennett. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, Lottie, we've got to say goodbye to you. So good to catch up yep. with you again, mate. Thanks, buddy. See, see you, Tim. No doubt man. when uh, COVID-19 ends, we'll see you back in Sydney for a few corporate gigs. Yeah, for sure, mate. I'll um, expect the four points in the mail, eh? Absolutely. Yep. Express post to you. The beautiful... Four pints. Do you want the pale ale or do you, what's yeah, that yeah. one over there? That that's a Pacific ale. That yeah. one. Uh, we'll that's, mix them up. Yeah, we'll send yeah. you a mixed bag of mixed lollies. Yeah. Cheers, boys. Yeah. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah. Bull up. Bull, bull up. Bull <laughs> Good on you, Lottie. There he goes. <laughs> Joining us on the Legends of League podcast, and of course, as I said before, if you're new to it all, uh, 
Legends of League brand is best known for the tournaments that we've done over the years, Newcastle, Central Coast, massive success with them. COVID-19 means not this year. So we're going to do the podcast for a while and then we are going to get back to uh, get back to those tournaments as soon as we can. Well, boys, I think that's just about it for us. Really? Well, thank but, you. Yeah. Well, I loved it. Loved it. Can really we stay for a bit longer? Well, you can. Yeah. You can. I'll tell you what I'll do. Uh, I'll pour... I'll pour your beer from the taps over there, then I'll social distance, and you can stand there on your own and have it. That'd be great. And you can take a box with home with you too. Oh, no? I can't wait. I love it. All I right. can't wait to come back here when it's open again. I'll certainly be um, supporting these guys. Okay. Well, on the Legends of League podcast, toward the end, the guys are very keen for me to just shut up so they can hook into one of these, a Four Pines, uh-huh. nice cold one. So I thought, what can we do quick? What can I do in 60 seconds? I said, why not Maroons, Mad Minute? And now, it's time for Maroons Mad Oh, yes. It's an award-winning segment that's <laughs> taking the world by storm. Maroons Mad Minute, we're going to start with you, Noddy. Are you ready? Yeah. Right, I've got to take my glasses off for this because this is really important stuff. I'm going to ask you a question. You've got to answer with the first thing that comes into your head. Are you ready? There's no, mate, you've got to be ready. There's oh, no sorry. Thing, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Here we go. And your time starts now. Your first celebrity crush. Oh, Nicole Kidman. We thought you were going to say Wendell. Who's going to win the comp in 2020? Canberra Raiders. When you go to karaoke at your local pub, maybe Northies down there at Cronulla, when you go to karaoke, what's your, what's your go-to song? I remember going away on an end-of-season trip. Lady in Red, I think I tuned out once. Oh. <laughs> it didn't work. Uh, Would you get into the ring with Mike Tyson for $1 million? No. Not for $1 million? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Might have played for six clubs. (laughs) Yeah. You don't need a million dollars. If the NRL expands, where should a new team be? Brisbane. Another team in Brisbane? Sunshine Coast. All right. You can be quarantined with two celebrities. Who are you choosing? Tiger Woods. Golf tragic. Right. Um, Maroon. Ah, so poor old Tiger. Would you be asking the same thing he's heard 50 times before? One last question. Name one player you hated playing against. Wendell Saylor. And that's time. (laughs) Take home a couple of these four pines. You've done very well. Good to catch up with you, Noddy. Thank you, Maroon. And before you go, don't go because I've got to get you to hang on so I can get you to sign this New South Wales jersey and and the Queensland jersey as well. Are you ready for your mad minute here, Del? I was born ready. Here we go. Question number one for you, Wendell. What's your worst habit apart from talking about yourself? Sleeping. (laughs) Who was your rugby league idol growing up? Uh, G. Moles, absolute weapon. Let's go back to the top. Who was your first celebrity crush? Halle Berry. Mm. First, a favourite alcoholic beverage? Um, Favourite? Oh, look, I... I'm a champagne maybe, man. Let's go I mean, maybe four pints. Uh, I'm, I'm a champagne man, but I think this new drop here, four pints, <laughs> is at the top of the tree yeah, now. Yeah, good on you, mate. Okay. Now, what about you? You go to a local pub. You're living in the beautiful city of Wollongong now. You go to your local. You might go to Dicey yep. Riley's or down to the Steelers Club. What are you singing if it's karaoke? Um, George Ezra, Shotgun. Oh, you're a mask singer song. <laughs> yeah, but I like that song, yeah. yeah. Can you show us? Okay, you did do a little bit for us. I'll be riding shotgun underneath the hot sun. Yeah, there you go. A little bit of that. <laughs> what did they pay you to do that? Can we ask? That's another question. What did they pay you to do that? Oh, I do it for the love of it, mate. Yeah. Like this. Do it for the love, mate. Of course you do. Okay. Uh, what was your first job? My first job, I uh, worked in a sports shop for the great man Ross Strudwick. 
that is time for you, Wendell. Thank you. There's no winner here, but if I had to nominate a winner, I'd give it to you, Noddy. Of course you would. Just by a nose. You just, yeah, because you just don't like me. Now, just what, we, what we're going to – because I see so much of you, Dale. Yeah, it's not true. that I don't like yeah, you. No, I love you, brother. I, I love just you. feel for your family they're doing COVID-19 <laughs> with you. Is he a person that you spend more time with that you need more space from? Yeah. Like, I, I, me or Gordy? Sometimes I've got to go <laughs> – Gordy, yeah, you get Gordy and then me. Yeah. That like, sometimes yeah. I've got to go to rural New South Wales with him. Yeah. And he watches, I'm not kidding, on podcast or something, he's watching Bold and the Beautiful and he tells me to shut up in my own car. No, you know what's funny is that, yeah, so look, if we're talking and obviously I talk a bit and then, but then 4.30, it's like, this is for 4.30 for Bold and Beautiful. I said, mate, do you mind just like not talking for half an hour while I watch Bold and the Beautiful? Mm. I love it. It's a good show. And Home and Away. Yeah. yeah. Boys, before you go... Yeah. Thank you for coming on to the Legends of League podcast. I've got a Queensland origin jersey. Yes. I've got a New South Wales origin jersey. I'm going to get you to sign these and then we are going to auction them off. So if you're interested in buying them, info at legendsofleague.com.au. Just give us your name, your contact details, info at legendsofleague.com.au. Noddy Kamali, always a pleasure. Thank you, Maroon. I'm going to grab this football. I'm going to show you how I threw a pass that hit the... Oh, Matty Bowen. jersey on the chest. Oh, okay, beautiful. Yeah, we'll just go over there. When if yeah. you stand over there with it, sure. I'll just hit you on the chest. Okay, do you want to do All that? Right. reenact it. This is live. This is, we're going to go live yeah. with this. Here we just, go. So he needs a Queensland jersey, though. Oh, here you go. This yeah, one won't fit yeah. him. Remember, if you want the jerseys, info at legendsofleague.com.au. See, in, in my eyes, I had Matt Cooper. Matt Cooper was out there, and I threw it. And oh, beautiful. One take. Matty Bowen of all people, too. Like, he hates innocent. How far did he go? 20 metres. Mm. About, yeah, about yeah. Oh, 25 metres. Yeah. Only in front of 4 million people, Maroon, but it's okay. Yeah, at least you're playing good golf. Legends of League <laughs> podcast. Noddy, good to catch up. Thank Thanks. you, sir. Thanks, Ping. Del, we'll see you on the uh, Triple M Network. <laughs> we'll do. Thank you, mate. Okay. Thanks for joining us. That's it for this week. Thanks to our brand partner, Four Pines Brewing Company. Uh, give them a follow on social media using the handle Four Pines Beer or check out their website, fourpinesbeer.com.au. Next episode, couple of big guests. We've got coffee guru Ryan Girdler and party guru Craig Gower. Gower and Gerds, Penrith Legends, join us next week on the podcast. Please make sure you hit subscribe uh, so that you're first to know when a new episode is released. So make sure you do that. Uh, find us on social media at Legends of League AUS to catch all our exclusive content and announcements. And remember to keep telling everybody all about the Legends of League podcast. We'll see you next week with Gower and Gerds. 